Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hello, hello, everybody. What is up? Hey, Sailor, how's it going? It's going <laughs> really well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Your life's been a little boring lately. It has yeah, been, the yeah. Nothing's been happening. Like no, nothing's going on. Not a damn nothing. thing. No, nothing. nothing new, nothing exciting, bland, right? Nope, just hanging out at home. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? What do you want me to talk about? Well, now that you've asked... Shall I talk about my trip to New York City? Let's do it. Do it. Okay. So, um, super crazy. I know that I have said this several times, but I'll say it again. Very unexpected. I found out, uh, I think it was right before Christmas, that I was nominated for an incredibly prestigious award in my industry. Um, I was nominated as an icon of whiskey as um brand ambassador of the year that would be american brand ambassador of the year pretty big freaking deal it's kind of like the oscars or the emmys um for my industry mm-hmm. i i really was in disbelief um for many reasons um uh on the short list there were uh brand ambassadors from much larger brands than mine and that were much more well known and so I thought, am I being punked? Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it was really, and I, I, I read it very early in the morning too. Um, my, my founder, Fawn Weaver of the brand, you know, was like, congratulations. And it wasn't just me. It was also um, my fellow brand ambassador for Uncle Nearest, uh, Richie Michaels. Um, so we were just, blown away at being such a new small brand and that two of us were shortlisted was incredible. So I didn't really know the process um, how you get nominated for some of those things. For some of these types of awards, your your own company can nominate you, your friends, your family. Um, this one, though, is not how it works. It's really just um, industry and industry press, which I find incredibly flattering. Um, and really meaningful. So how it works is everyone on the short list is invited to come to the ceremony. You can purchase tickets. And so my company was so wonderful um, that they not only purchased tickets for all of us, but flew us out there, put us up in a hotel in New York City, treated us to a beautiful dinner after the ceremony. Um, And so it wasn't just myself and Richie that were nominated. It was also our brand was nominated for um, a few categories globally in whiskey, which was incredible. And I should say for them the second year in a row. Um, But when I saw the list of people coming, I was like, wow, they're really pulling out all the stops. They had a couple people from every region of the country coming to celebrate. And I was like, this is so, it's so supportive and wonderful. Um, so I, here's how I thought it was going to go down. I was beyond flattered and excited and surprised <laughs> and blown away that I was nominated for me. That was enough. I was like, I just still can't believe I was even nominated. Like who the hell knows who I am? Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go there to the ceremony and I'm just going to focus on interviewing other people in the industry, there's going to be a lot of like amazing people and I'll, I'll interview whoever wins. (laughs) So I told you guys this before I went, I went out and bought a special microphone for my phone and I checked to see if they had Wi-Fi, and like, it was this whole thing. And, um, really I was just hoping beyond hope that Richie would win. You know, he is a lot more visible than I am. And it's been with the company longer. So I thought for sure he was going to win. So I'm like, I'm going to be rooting for him. Please, please, please just let Richie win so that one of us wins. It would be so exciting. So I show up and we get there a little bit early and our director of social media came. And so she was um, 
videoing the whole entire process. And um, so she said, well, let's get to the venue early so that we can kind of start outside and then we'll go in the venue. Well, who walks up to us as we are recording, like saying who we all are and, you know, that we're there for the night, but Peggy knows Stevens herself. So, of course, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I flip out. I'm like, oh, my God, Peggy. And um, big, big, huge fan. Peggy knows Stevens is the founder of the Bourbon Women Organization, which is an incredible organization. She's also the first master female master taster in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she is just incredible. Um, so I turn and look at her and we have been in the same at the same events for years and years. And we I've never had the opportunity to meet her one-on-one. So I walked up to her and I said, Peggy, I'm Sailor. She goes, I know. And I was like, what? <laughs> so wow. we had covered her on Pretty Good for a Girl. We didn't interview mm-hmm. her because we couldn't get an interview with her at the time. But we had covered her and we tagged her in it on Instagram. Well, she actually listened to the show. And she's she had wow. her son. Yeah, she had her son with her and he had listened to it as well. And it's so adorable because she kept saying, you know, I guess this is pretty good for a girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And so um, she's very friendly with, with, um, you know, Fawn and and Richie knows her very well also because he's actually situated in Louisville. So we're standing there waiting and the room is, it's the Flatiron Room in New York City, which is, oh my God, talk about a whiskey library holy moly you should have seen the collection i was trying to instagram it but you know i got sidetracked um yeah flat iron is legit wow i mean legit. and they're yeah. lovely people they are wonderful wonderful folks so um it's a very tight room though for that many people and i will say the delegation from uncle nearest was the largest we definitely dominated that room, which was amazing. Cool. Um, so they, so it goes, you know, here's the short list and, you know, they have a TV's big, huge monitor and, you know, and then they name most commendable and then the winner. Right. So they're going through categories and so they get to the brand ambassador category and I didn't even realize it. And my VP, uh, grabs my arm, puts his hand on my shoulder. And I look up and oh, here's the category. And so I literally have my phone out because I want to catch Richie's expression if he wins. And they say my name (laughs) as the winner. And I just stood there and looked, I just was in shock. I literally froze. And someone had to push me forward (laughs) to like go up and get my award. Um, and I turn around and Peggy's right there. She hugs me. And when I look at the faces of my team and I mean, I don't want to sound, you know, dramatic or corny, but it's very emotional. I, I think since then I realized how hard I've worked at this and how much I love what I do. And, Um, how excited I am by what I do and to be recognized for that is very emotional and very incredible. Um, But I was shocked. I was in total and absolute shock. So um, I didn't, I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm still in shock to be honest with you Uh, to be holding an award that says you are a whiskey icon um, and but you know. probably the most meaningful part of that is it was given to you by your peers. That is absolutely the, the most incredible part of it. Um, to be recognized by peers. Uh, it, yeah, I, I, I still haven't processed it. This is, it's not even been a week yet. And I'm still wrapping my head around what it means and how amazing it is. And, you know, I now I feel even more... Um, I don't want to say pressure, but obliged to kick ass and do even better. Energized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Energized. Thank you. Extra I know I yeah. would be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, it's like, yeah. well, now I really better do a good job. And, you know, I have to uphold this. And um, yeah, you've got a reputation to live up to now. I guess so. <laughs> and not to mention, you've had other people reach out to you via Facebook or Instagram and repost some of your things, some well-known people in the community, which is out of this world. So, and it, it, yeah, just, um, 
you know, I, I, I needed a minute to kind of pause and think. And so a day or two after I won, I, I wrote a love letter. I think I called it on my Facebook and, um, I tagged, you know, some of the people that have inspired me and Freddie Johnson, we've talked about him before on the show is a huge inspiration of mine. And I have, um, followed him and I learned so much from him over the years and for him to respond to that and the comments that he gave me was like, I'm afraid to get on this plane, you know, like, <laughs> did, I, did I just have that? Like, you know, that was oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, you know? Um, so it, it was unbelievable. And what was super, super cool is, um, guess who was there? Uh, with me, who also won a very important award, and um, we got to take pictures together and celebrate together. Former guest, I'm stab at that. Would that have been our buddy Paul Letko of yeah. Few Spirits? Yes, it would be. Yes, yeah. It was. It was awesome to see him there, and he was in a super cool, like um, silk smoking jacket. It was very rock and roll. That. Yes, it was. It was yeah. really awesome. very dapper. Paul was looking yes. very dapper. Very yeah, he could yes. call him a little yes. hardware that night too, didn't he? he, he yes, he did. He yes, cleans he up did. very well. Yes, yes, yes. So that was that was super awesome. Um, and everyone who was in that room were they were just, you know, as I was walking back from the stage, I almost fell off the stairs, of course, because I'm me. Um, I was like, I I just was in shock, and they're all just like, oh, congratulations, congratulations, congrats. and it's just like, and you, everybody's so genuine. It was just so amazing, and um, thank you so much to American Whiskey Magazine um, because I know they had a hand in my nomination, and I love those folks so much, and I um, I'm such a fan of their writers and editors and what they do, and it's so so important for our industry to have quality publications like that. Um, so I'm just so appreciative of everybody that had a hand in this, all the support I've gotten, everyone I've learned from over the years. It, it's, it's incredible. So I, I'm very, very proud to be um, among incredible company as an icon of whiskey and <laughs> to be named uh, American Whiskey Brand Ambassador of the Year is it's it's amazing. I don't I still don't believe it. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, congratulations! I know we here at the uh, at the show at Metal Rock and Whiskey are very proud of you. You are a very good representative for us, uh, and us two slobs over here can only hope to be as half as awesome <laughs> as you. So yeah, I can say I already brag about you enough while I sell whiskey. So especially as big a proponents as we are for American single malts and yeah. all that other good stuff. So, yeah. um, but now I can, you know, I have been throwing your name out there as far as, you know, when I go to sell your brand and I can say that you are the biggest ambassador in the, in the country. So for this brand, so it, it's, it's a lot of clout. So it means a lot. Jeez. Jeez, I feel a little you. bit like uh, Will Ferrell in uh, Elf. Sailor, sailor, I know her. I know her. I know her. <laughs> See, that's what's mind blowing to me. It's so ridiculous. Like, it, I'm just me. Like, it's ridiculous. You know, I. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, just, I hear. But yeah. you know, it just seems... it's it. You you can't undermine the award that you got. You can't do it, and. You know, it holds a lot of clout with people that are going to the store and buying whiskey when they can see that a, a certain spirit has won a, a, a World Whiskey Award or it was rated high. Um, it, it makes a big difference. And the fact that you are in that prestigious company is just, it's insane and it's freaking awesome. You know, the cool thing too is um, most commendable and uh, another brand that took home awards was our friends at Westland and they are my fellow Washingtonians. Well deserved. So, yep. so proud of them. So excited for them. And um, hopefully we'll be able to get together and celebrate now that I'm back home in Washington. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it's been an incredible week. It's been an incredible time. Uh, a lot of all uh, crazy things happened all at once. I had Kayla and I um, from pretty good for a girl and love on the rocks podcast we had a, our cocktail featured in Forbes magazine for February, which is 
also totally pretty amazing. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Oh, that little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just that little thing. Um, if, if I Google my name, like all this shit comes up, all these articles come up about me. It's like, what? Because someone's like, Google your name. And I'm like, why would I do that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to know. And they're like, no, it's all, it's all good stuff. I'm like, okay, but who the fuck Googles their name? What kind of egomaniac do you have to be? Um, But I did, I was just curious. And apparently there's like a Wikipedia entry being um, approved or something. I'm like, what the fuck? That's just weird. It's very strange. I don't know if everybody feels like this when these things happen, um, but to me, it's got to be kind of surreal. I don't know. I don't know. I still, you know, haven't brushed my hair for two days and, you know, run around doing 50,000 things at one time. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still just saying curses a little too much and it falls down a lot. (laughs) But hardest working woman in the biz. That's right. By far. guys. Thanks, guys. But anyway, this is disgusting. Enough about me. (laughs) So, aside from congratulating Sailor, we have gathered here to celebrate this thing um, called life. Oh, that's Prince. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're not here to do that tonight. Although, you know, I'm open to celebrating life whenever, you know, the mood strikes. But, uh,. We are here to talk about a band, a band that I grew up with in my teenage years and beyond, and uh, it's kind of been off my radar, but is definitely back on it now. I'm talking about the band Queensryche. Not only are we going to be discussing the band, we are going to be battling two of their albums. Uh, We will be battling Operation Mind Crime from 1988 and also the album Empire from 1990. Mm. This is going to be a good battle. Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) Oh, shit. We need like uh, we need like sounds of like punching and the bell ringing <laughs> in a in a boxing match, Ed. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. But as always, what do we do first? We talk about whiskey. After all, this is metal rock and whiskey, and we have to go around the horn and we talk about what we're drinking. And uh, so who wants to go first? I'll go first because mine's going to be short and sweet. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) So uh, for the first time in in a long time, really, which isn't good, I'm having a dry month. So I decided to celebrate my my whiskey award (laughs) by having a dry month. Doesn't so, that just say it all, folks? Doesn't it though? Um, I'm drinking water right now, so uh, we'll we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> bottled right. water, or um, it is boxed water, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. even better. Yep. And Matt, I am drinking my whiskey segment tonight, so why don't you go next? Wow. Okay, this got to me very quick. All right. Um, so in this latest installment of what Island single malt is Matt drinking that sailor and Ed absolutely loathe. (laughs) (laughs) This is part three or four, (laughs) I think. So I'm drinking a single malt from the Island of Aran. That is a R R a N, um, very new distillery, new in terms of pretty much everything else. So this is 1994, which is very, very new. Um, This is a small island, obviously off the coast of Scotland. First legal distillery on the island since 1837. So there was a 150-year gap between when they were producing. Yes. Uh, Privately owned brand, which I'm I'm a proponent of because all the big conglomerates are you know, evil empires and shit. Um, Empire, nice tie in. Yes. Yes. 
Um, so the Aaron Malt um, Lacranza La Reserve is what I'm drinking. It's about a $45 bottle. Uh, Lacranza being the village where the distillery is. Um, again, as I mentioned with Jura, about 250 people live there. Like talking very small uh, communities. And um, I have to send you guys, I know I just sent you guys a bunch of stuff, but I have to send you guys a flight of these things you loathe. Because I think that a lot of them you prob- probably would like. They're not exactly what you would imagine from an island single malt. So uh, this one. Wait, does uh, it taste like does it taste like band-aids? There are no band-aids or any other surgical first aidy kind of things. Does so, it taste does it taste like pine salt or a wet sock or a urinal cake? Um no. I appreciate you calling it a urinal cake, though. I do. <laughs> Not a not a toilet puck. Although I've been using that lately, I have to say. <laughs> I'm trying I have to, to use say the proper terminology since you gave me shit for calling it a toilet puck. I will say this at your expense, sailor, that I have said that to other people at work and they laugh their ass off. <laughs> that it was a toilet puck. Um so God, I lost my train of thought. So yeah, the Aaron. This shit is like biting into a green apple. Not like a sour apple, but just like a nice, fresh green apple. That's all I got. It's delicious. Okay, there's so a little bit it, of brine. There's a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Is it peated? Uh, I, it is not peated. Oh, okay. It is not peated. It. Yes. That you should have started with, dude. Okay. You, it's still... you know, you know <laughs> yeah. my taste profile. If you want me to drink it and you tell me it's not peated, I'm all about it. I'll try all right. it. It, ha- no it has the brine on That's it okay. because it's right on the ocean. So it's going to have sure. the brine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it is, it is not peated. It's non-chill filtered. So it's a little higher proof, which is fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just another example of... Island single malts other than Isle. So it is. Delicious. I like that. Well, I'm excited yes. to try that then because I would, I like the, so we just spoke of, of Westland. Um, I love actually, believe it or not, their peated American single malt. Um, remember when I fell in love with the Balvenes peat week that, cause it's a Highland. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a Highland single. Yeah. So I feel like the Westlands Pete, I think, I think they call it Pete week also. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, I feel like it's very similar. It's super soft and subtle. That helps me out a lot. I really like that, but I would like to taste that brininess in there without being over peated. Like for me, the eyelids, I can't, I just can't do it. Correct. And once, you know, like I said, I just sent you guys a lot of stuff once, I'll put together a flight for you guys and have you try these different island stuff. All the stuff I've talked about on the show. So I think it'll be a lot of fun if we do like a side by side or all of us can have the same thing at the same time. Don't make me drink that yeah. smart whiskey. Don't make me drink the no, smart No, no, no Ardbeg. No, no. Thank you. Don't worry. No, it was not Ardbeg. It was. It was, it could all like a smart bag. It yeah. was the Bunahaben or something. <laughs> something no, like you that. You said you like Bunahaben. I had Bunahaben oh, yeah, last you're right. week. You're yeah, right. I can't remember yeah. what it was. Anyway, yeah, I have to go back in the archives. Well, I'm I'm interested. So that concludes part three of what island single mall is Matt drinking that sailor and Ed loathe. <laughs> well, it sounds like beep, we beep, might beep, not beep. loathe this one. <laughs> you know, but funny enough, though, I did drink um, a while back. I remember tasting uh, a compass box whiskey called the peat monster i don't know why it was called that but i actually liked it really yeah it was not peaty at all it was more uh, fruity than anything else i would say or kind of floral and fruity that's Um, really weird and interesting huh that i that is so uh, that's like i love you i can't (laughs) okay well, then maybe he's going to like more of the shit that I want. It is. Huh. Because Pete doesn't always equate to smoke. That's the thing, though, too. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? No, no, but the, yeah. I don't like the flavor. So I don't like the smoke at all, but I also don't like the flavor of the Pete if it if I can't taste the whiskey. It's just 
blech. I don't know. So does Westland, do they like, I think we talked about this before, but they, their peat is actually American peat, right? Like they no. Uh, so it's not released yet. So that's a whole interesting story, but they're still using Scottish peat. Um, but they finally did get permission to cut peat bogs, um, which they did because they were able to prove that it's sustainable and you won't be destroying the environment. And so uh, that's being aged. And I can't remember. I just talked to these dudes. But there is peat in the Pacific Northwest is, I guess, what my question is. Yes. And they already have put into barrels their whiskey using actual local peat. That's awesome. From local peat bog. Yeah. It just isn't on the market yet, I guess is what I was saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Clarified. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see what that's going to taste like. And they can't. I I can't either. I can't either. I mean, every, I think it's. (laughs) Talk about, I mean, they're already killing it. That's going to be even more exciting. It's just su- incredible. I just think it, yeah. Maybe they will let you have a little uh, sneak preview. Uh, it's I can only hope. <laughs> I can ask. I can beg. <laughs> I don't think you will have to anymore, considering <laughs> your profile now. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> can you use your stardom? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to use my powers for good, not evil. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, All right, Ed. Yeah, let's hear hear the Bourbon Geeks whiskey choice for today. Queensryche. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Well, for tonight's whiskey segment, um, I tried to think of a whiskey to pair with Queensryche. And it was a challenge. At first, I was trying to think of a tie-in, such as their origin in the Pacific Northwest. Because, as we all know, and Sailor just alluded to, there are plenty of whiskeys these days from the Pacific Northwest. But um, there's a bit of a rub here. Uh, Queensryche has been making music for decades and are a well-established and well-revered band. Uh, now, to be fair, there are some good whiskeys that come out of Oregon and Washington State, but let's be real. They haven't been in the whiskey game for a super long time, relatively speaking. Um, I looked for a brand which not only stood out, um, stood the test of time, but also marketed their whiskey without gimmicks, much like Queensryche. You know, is they're not a gimmicky band, at least in my eyes, they're not. When other bands in the 80s were looking to the synth-pop trend for inspiration, Queensryche stuck to their guns and did things their way without, you know, going overboard on the keyboards or any other kind of uh, trendy frills at the time. Um, The Stutzwaller Distillery, founded in 1935 and closed in 1972, may no longer be producing whiskey, but the stalwart brand lives on thanks to Buffalo Trace Distillery, who now produces a range of whiskey, under the Weller banner. Queensryche is potent, uh, melodic, and leaves me wanting more. Qualities I look for in a whiskey. Although the term melodic doesn't translate directly, I think of it in whiskey terms as um, a complex range of flavors that work well together in harmony. And with that said, I give you my whiskey pairing, which, surprise, surprise, is actually a bourbon. I give you <laughs> Weller Antique 107. Oh, nice. such, such depth of range. I know. <laughs> He's the bourbon geek after all. Yes, indeed. At, yeah. uh, yes. At 107 proof, this bourbon is potent but approachable and comes with a wonderful bouquet of cinnamon and other baking spices. Um, I like to think of it as... Um, like the bourbon equivalent of like a red hot cinnamon candy. It's got that sweetness. It's got that spice. Um, just very delicious. And it's, it's pretty much everything I look for in a bourbon. Um, just like Queensryche represents everything I look for in a metal band. Fantastic musicianship, great thought-provoking lyrical content, and just overall kick-ass music. And this is a kick-ass bourbon. So... That is my whiskey pairing. Jesus. I like it. Yeah. I like Again, it. I, I said this about Rock Hill Farms too. I remember when that was on the shelf with dust on it and nobody was buying it. 
at thirty dollars a bottle. Same. Amazing. Man. So impressive. Oh stuff, God. stuff is so good. If only you know you know, you could know back then, but you can't. Right. So Yeah. Eh. Yep. Such is life. Appreciate what we have now. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it's time to talk about the band Queensryche. Before we start talking about the band, my husband and I actually got to see them live in Washington. When was that? In December, actually, for his birthday. That's right. I remember you yep. telling me about that. That sound looked awesome. I surprised him with tickets um, at a beautiful casino that is in the um, inland um, northwest of Washington. And uh, so it was a small venue because the casino's indoor venue during the winter is quite small. It's kind of like ballroom size. And we got to meet the band. We did a meet and greet beforehand and I gave them some whiskey, um, which was really cool. And we got pictures with them. And uh, then we were sitting there waiting for the show to start. And I thought, this is kind of weird. Like we're in like a hotel ballroom. (laughs) what is this is this gonna feel like a metal show or is it i don't know like you know i was really worried but i didn't want to say anything to robin because it's a birthday present i'm like i hope you know he really enjoys himself but then i'm like oh my god what if we're all old now and we're in this ballroom and it's gonna be like i don't know you know um is it gonna be lame like is the band any good anymore i was really i was a little worried they crushed it i mean they were incredible oh man that's awesome they were literally i think so i played some video i mean you can't you would think that i'm get playing for you an album track that's how per per i don't know what else to say but perfect they are live like everything was absolutely incredible we forgot that we were in a casino ballroom after like the second song. It was amazing. So they, not only do they still have it, but I could almost say they might be even better now than they were before. Just. Had you seen them live before that? Yeah. I saw them in the eight, like, uh, well, maybe it was 1990. Okay. So you saw them in the big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they came through with somebody. I can't, again, I can't remember half these shows. But um, yeah, they were really, I remember them being, I I remember saying like, oh yeah, they were fucking great live. And I remember just having zero complaints about them and being really impressed. I think I became a Queensryche fan after I saw them live. Like I think, you know, I had their albums and I liked them and I thought they were cool, but they weren't like the top of my list. And then Mm -hmm. when I saw them live back then, I was really like, oh shit, these guys are incredible. But they were just, I don't even know how they had the energy that they had. Uh, It's just amazing. And, And really awesome performers as well. Like really great to watch. So, cause you know how I love going to live shows these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause you have time, you know? Oh yeah. And all my free time. Yeah, all the spare all time, your free yeah. time. But Hey, I had a chair to sit in. So let me tell you, I had a comfortable padded chair. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, but I, I will, I was, we were off our seats for the last half of the show, which was, which was really cool. I, I think it was that environment though. Like it, it took a minute, I think for everybody to like get into the groove of it and realize mm-hmm. like we're at a metal show. The sound quality was amazing. The light show was amazing. They, I mean, the casino did an incredible job. It just took a minute though for everybody to, I don't know, you know, to get into the vibe and the atmosphere to build. So yeah. So to get was, over the atmosphere of the room. Yes. Which indeed. really didn't have that uh right. that metal show feel probably. No, I was like, it. is there a buffet? Can we go get, you know, some shrimp <laughs> from the buffet? <laughs> it was like a wedding ballroom. That's what it felt like. But 
it, it was a great show. We were really close to the stage as well. We not too close, though. I don't like to be too close. Um, so we could see everything and hear everything really well. And, um, yeah, they were, they were so tight and just so energetic, like the energy I'm looking at them. I'm like, where the hell do they get all this energy? They're not young anymore. They're like our age, you know, um, they're playing to the home crowd too. I didn't realize yeah. until re- researching for this uh, episode that they're actually from uh, Seattle. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. So see, Seattle isn't just for grunge. No, not at all. And I mean, yeah. Although it was, they, they're pre-grunge though. Right? They're, exactly. they're pre-grunge. Oh yeah, they predated grunge. But that, the thing is, when you talk about Seattle bands, that's all anyone thinks of is like Soundgarden, sure. Nirvana, you know. Well, they were bigger. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. You know what's crazy though? So yeah. um, Todd Latour is the, you know, you can't really call him the new vocalist anymore. Um, he's, you know, the current vocalist. He sounds just like Jeff Tate. He's better than Jeff Tate. But when wow. he was singing the Jeff Tate songs, I think Robin would agree. Yeah, he's shaking his head. He sounded just, you wouldn't know the difference at all. Like, and when I tell you he sounded like album quality to the point where I started looking at the monitors really closely and I took some video of the mm-hmm. monitor and I'm like, is he fucking lip syncing? Like, not, I know that sounds so <laughs> shitty, but you know when you're just so surprised, like, how does this guy sound? Yeah, so, and he's running around and he's not getting breathless. And I know that it's, you know, it's it's practice and it's a workout and, you know, um, but he sounded too good to be true, but he was in fact singing um, and drinking tea in between as well. Uh-huh. He <laughs> takes care tea. of his throat. Yes, he does. Yes. Yeah, he's got like that operatic, that operatic metal voice. But um, yeah, if I was Jeff, Jeff Tate, I'd be like, oh, damn, like, dude sounds like like me, but better. Uh." Now, you know, (laughs) how Steve Perry feels. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So (laughs) this has to be the first band we've ever talked about where there were two bands simultaneously touring at the same time under the same name. Correct. Yes. I can't think of anything else ever. I think you're right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we, you know, they had the whole GNR thing with Axel, but there was there were never dual touring. You know what I'm saying? So these, yeah, the two Queensrÿche bands touring at the same time. Two Queensrÿche. Which bands, one will you, you see? About? Did Jeff Tate head up one? Yes, he did. Yeah. So there was a uh, there's a lot of strife in this band. Um, yes. But despite the strife again here's another excellent example of very very hard working dudes like very serious about their music very dedicated to the music just you know kind of like acdc like we we just work really hard and we don't fuck around um and i think that's how they were able to survive something like that (laughs) because that was a weird moment <laughs> it's a really weird moment. So yeah, band they're, they're from the Seattle area. They're from Bellevue, um, which I now know pretty well. Um, they, you know, really started in 1980, and like I said, are still touring. And let me tell you, if you like hard rock or metal, even just a little bit, go see this band. And when I say that, that's a big deal because I don't like going and seeing live music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not big into live music myself these days uh-huh. but yeah for if they sound half as good as you described then yeah i might go out of my way to to see them it's like you're listening to the album but you get to watch them rock out and they're not like they're not boring at all like some of the pictures we got were unbelievable um robin's phone is better than mine for pictures and some of the pictures were incredible they they were rocking out like truly truly enjoying themselves and enjoying their craft um, and enjoying the crowd's excitement. Um, and <laughs> if you're a people watcher, their crowds are really awesome <laughs> for people watching. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny to look around the room and I'm like, oh man, I, you know, you can tell most of the people there have been like lifelong 
diehard Queensryche fans, and a lot of them were older than, much older than, not much, but I guess maybe they just didn't look young anymore. I don't know. <laughs> they lived harder lives. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so a band that's been around a while, you tend to see a wide range of ages at the show. So you're saying, did it, it was mostly an older crowd there? Oh, from yeah. What it sounds like. I would say okay. the youngest person in there, there was a couple, so, the, okay, this is really funny. So there was a younger guy there who came early and because we, because of the meet and greet, we sat down in our seats really, really early. And I remember looking at him and going, oh, he looks awfully young to be, you know, at the show and a fan. Because I don't know how popular they are with new, you know, metal listeners these days. Mm-hmm. I, I can't gauge something like that anymore. Um, he ends up following me on Instagram later and now he listens to, me- <laughs> to metal rock and whiskey. <laughs> I have no idea. Thank how you. He found um, <laughs> yeah. So um he i would say probably the youngest person there was in their late 20s it was the crowd was definitely mostly people in their what do you think robin 40s and 50s right 40s there was 50s there for sure (laughs) yeah trust me they were there was a lot of people there in their 50s i mean if you start out in 1980 you're gonna get that so yeah yeah Sure. So these guys, these guys have opened for almost every major band we've covered on this show. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, if you go through the, their history, um, I mean, you're talking Dio, Quiet Riot, Everybody. Twisted Sister, Kiss, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. They've opened for everybody under the sun. That's yep. incredible. So they've been on big bills in big venues. Huge. Huge. They've, Huge they've, yeah. they've released 15 studio albums and they've won three Grammys. Did you know that? I am not surprised. Three Grammys. Um, and I think they were nominated for more. Um, and their drummer um, was nominated for, what's his name? Uh, Rock and Field, Scott, right? Yeah. He was nominated himself for a Grammy nomination. Oh, their so, drummer's fantastic. Oh, God. Whoa. again, see them live. Holy balls. Like it was, it was really, really impressive. You really know what? I, I had, I guess what I would call a rush moment with this band where, you know, like when we did rush, I, it was a band that I had listened to in the past. You know, I liked the hits, um, but this case, in this case, I actually had uh, one of their albums, Operation Mindcrime, but I think I only pretty much kind of listened to the hits off of it. But now coming back and listening to them with new ears, I can really appreciate how talented these guys are. So you brought up the drummer, yeah, the, the drummer, the guitars, of course, the vocals, everything about this band is just phenomenal. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm really glad we revisited. Uh, Michael Wilton and Parker Lundgren are both the guitarists. Um, Parker is the newer one, and he, because he's, he's a younger guy, just amazing. Just all of them. Stellar musicianship. Um, and like I said, really great performers. And I feel the same way, Ed, when I started listening to them before the show, because you know, if I go see a band live that I'm not like, I don't know all of their albums, like by heart, I always go back and start listening again. And mm-hmm. they have, they have the new album and Robin and I both had not heard the new album, um, the verdict. And so, and I'm thinking, Oh fuck, you know, when like a band has a new album out and that's what they want to push and it's not good or it doesn't sound like <laughs> the right. stuff you love. Yeah, You're like, yeah. shit, I'm going to have to listen to all. And that's, to be honest with you, a lot of reasons why I don't go see live music from bands like this, because I usually don't care for their modern stuff. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but this is not the case, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this is not the case at all. So I was very happy about that. It's a, it's interesting to me too, because we've, we've talked ad nauseum on the show about band names and, original band names and how they came to be. And, you know, I really think that our next metal rock whiskey bracket should be greatest original band names or like a 
one of those things you saw in the SATs where you had like the had to like match up the lines with like this matches this, like <laughs> having the new band name with the original band name and trying to match them up. So this band was obviously originally called the Mob, okay, and then they signed the record deal, and then all of a sudden that name was not available anymore. <laughs> the name the Mob was not available. Yes. So I don't know if someone else copyrighted it or something like that, or they just thought it had a negative connotation to it, maybe. So they decided to go with the name of one of the songs on their first EP or, you know, whatever you call it, demo, which is Mm -hmm. Queen of the Reich. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, you know, that's the Reich. Not a good thing either, right? So if they're talking the mob, the Reich, not a good thing. They couldn't be so Night Rider either. They could not. No, <laughs> no, not in 1980 or no. well, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever that Knight show Rider. was. Yeah, that was, yes. the end, that was the contestant. They couldn't do it. Yes. So they changed the spelling of Reich. They added that epic two dots above the Y. That we love battle umlaut, the return <laughs> I of think we umlaut. Should, we should put an umlaut on our on our name. I think. Where? Yeah. Let's do that for our third year anniversary. <laughs> we'll add the umlaut. Adding the, the umlaut. <laughs> we'll call it metal rock and whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But obviously, metal the mob and whiskey. Even, yeah, even the mob or the queen of the Reich is very tame compared to some of the names we've covered on this show. <laughs> what was Alice in Chains like? This like what, like like fuck dick or something like that? Yeah. Something something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we love we love the original lineup band names on this show, but uh, they got it right and it's iconic. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know why they couldn't uh, use the mob, but um, they were going to spell Queensryche a different way, actually, and they modified it so that the band wouldn't be associated with, and I'm quoting here, Nazism. Um, so, so that's if you, okay. So Which is just, the worst ism, by the way. Uh, the, literally the fucking worst so that's r-e-i-c-h right but yes. if you spell it the way queen queen's right decided to spell it um it's uh it's a it, it's it's a different it means realm or kingdom or empire right but in, like germanic or not germanic but like english old english like, gaelic like, something like that it, yes yeah, yeah exactly and it means like kingdom realm empire in a different connotation than yes. reich meant like the nazis used so you know they that's still a fucking risk like who knows that you know what i mean like it still sounds the same you're still saying it the same way yes, it's still right, right. Yeah. yes yeah <laughs> so uh you were indeed saying you know uh the reich of the queen the the queen of the reich the kingdom of the queen for sure um but good on them that they decided like fuck you know we're, we're just gonna we're gonna have to own it you know and uh and go with it and uh the funny thing is that the band says like, well, for years they had to explain that the umlaut, like how that changed the pronunciation, which in fact, in this case, it really doesn't. No, it <laughs> so doesn't. It's just, just looked cool for image. Them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think we're, we're, we're going to battle. Are we not? We're going to, I battle. think so. Or are we going to save that for next week? Fuck, we're out of time. I guess we have to save it for next week. Um, Yeah, so, hey, listeners, why don't you do this for me? Brush up on your Queensryche. Listen to their new album. Uh, If you can catch some live shows on on the YouTubes or whatever, just touch base with this band again. And because uh, we're going to be really curious to see what you guys think after we do our battle. And if you think this is one of these bands that have beyond stood the test of time, because that's my opinion. Locked up, what do we make of this madness? 
So join us next week. As I said before, we will be battling 1988's Operation Mind Crime and 1990's Empire. That should be an epic battle because I know those are two huge albums. They're two biggest, as a matter of fact. And most popular. And thanks for sticking around, listeners. We hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as we did and as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Metal Rock Whiskey. And we also have a super cool Facebook group. Yeah, we do. Under Spirit of Rock Podcast Network, which, by the way, is adding shows. We are growing big time. We are growing. We yes, are. just a little tease. Yes. But we are getting big. <laughs> but follow us individually. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Sailor. So booty. <laughs> so sexual. What just happened here? I'm Sailor Retro. <laughs> you can find me all over the Instagrams and the Twitters and the Facebook says Sailor Retro. How's that, Matt? <laughs> Ed? How about you? Can you get sexy with good. it too? Oh, they can find me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> at Bourbon Geek. Sorry, I can't do it. Oh my god, you sound like a guy that lives in his mom's basement. And oh, jeez, great. He's <laughs> gonna make a lady suit for yourself. Oh my god. He puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> All right. So anyway, hey listeners, if you still love us, or you still like us. Please hit that subscribe button and uh, give us a review because it really does matter. And of course, tune in next week for our battle on Metal Rock and Whiskey. Fuck you, Lars. Later, everyone. Peace.